Hi, everybody. Welcome to yet another episode of A Thousand Voices podcast. My name is Gina, also known as That African Gold. And today I have a very, very special guest. This is Dre's, also known as Dumi Maraire. He is Chiwoniso's brother, and he recently won an Emmy Award. That is like massive. So I would like you to introduce yourself, Dre's. Go ahead. Um, thank you for having me, Gina. This is really dope. I'm excited to be here. Um, yes. I feel like you did it. My name is Dumi Sani Maraire, yes. um, also known as Dre's to those who know me. Um, I'm living actually in L.A., so mother and father from Zimbabwe, but I was born in Seattle, mm. um, in Seattle, Washington, but I currently live in L.A., lived in Zimbabwe, um, so all of the things. I am a hip-hop artist and a songwriter, and so as a songwriter, I've written over 200 songs for shows that many people may know, yes. um, Inventing Anna, um, Love and Hip Hop, NFL Network, NBA TV, um, Man, you name it, I've kind of written written some sort of music for them, some commercials for Sony PlayStation and mm-hmm. all types of stuff. So um, that's me. 100%. I've actually seen some of your work. It's amazing. I, I don't even know like how we did not know this because I honestly had my first approach of your work when the Emmy was like introduced and news was all over the place like oh there's this guy from Zimbabwe he won an Emmy and we had to do our own research now to try and find out that who is this person and then here you are you've done such amazing work I'm even like wow you're like super goals <laughs> <laughs> thank you you know what i i tend to be very to myself and like mm. writing music for television isn't like the most sexy job in the world right it's not like it's not like doing music videos and stuff like that right so it pays well mm-hmm. but at the end of the day you're creating music i try to stay out the way and not be seen too much but that's getting harder and harder to do um yeah. especially you know as people begin to find Recognize. out people are hitting me from all over yeah. zimbabwe and all over africa so amazing i am so proud of you by the way and i just feel like what you've done your your strategy of just doing it has it's the most humble way and the most um i won't really say much but i will show much so it's really really incredible um you get it that's all i can say you clearly get the way that i'm trying to move the way that i am and it's really the way that i was raised right Mm. like let your gift make room for you so you put the music out there and people like the music they'll gravitate towards it um i have a father who was world world renowned and known my sister was world renowned and known right Mm, so i clearly could kind of ride that wave um, but that's not the way that I'm doing it. I'm doing it really based on my giftings, my music. And if you like that, then hopefully you'll connect to the music. Fantastic. So I would like you to just share with us just your journey to success. How has it been? Were you doing music from the early age? Is it something that you fell in love with? How did it go for you? Um, being a maraire. I like to say that music <laughs> music is not something yeah. that you get to choose. It chooses you. 100%. Everyone in my family is doing music. So from a young age, I want to say I was probably about five years old when I started playing marimbas and mbitas and drumming and dancing. Wow. And so um, my father 
Dumi Shani Marae, senior, I am junior. So my father was credited with bringing Zimbabwean music to America. And so he started this big movement in America of marimbas and bitter music. Um, and I was raised in that culture. In Seattle, that's what we did, and we traveled. Um, I played in my mother's marimba band. It was called Sukutai Marimba and Dance Ensemble. And I played in her band really all of my life. And so we traveled everywhere, Europe, Japan, Guam, all through Europe, all through America, playing this music and really teachings in Zimbabwean culture, stories and games. My mom would teach in schools. If you went to Seattle in the black community, mm. everybody knows the family, because everyone was taught by our family, um, Shona culture or Zimbabwean music. So that's kind of how I started playing African music. And then um, at some point, you know, you're a teenager growing up in America. You just start listening to hip hop. Yeah. You're like, no, <laughs> this is dope, right? Yeah, so yeah. at home, we're listening to Thomas Mufumo and Oliver Mtukuti and... Yeah. You know, the Bunda Boys and all of that. But when I'm at school, you know what I mean? We're listening to hip-hop. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's going down. So at some point, I started getting into that. And then I just started writing. I probably started rapping when I was in middle school. I, I first started when I was in elementary. But then in middle school, I got a little more serious. By the time I was in high school, I got pretty good. And then... um. Yeah, I guess the rest is history. From a from a actively starting to rap standpoint, that's when it started. Amazing. That sounds like yeah, it it really means so well because having that family background and then allowing yourselves to be the best versions of yourself to everybody just growing in their own path and finding success. It's such an amazing thing. Yeah. 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 It's you know what music again. It's all that I know. Um, uh -huh. And when you come from a family like that, there's so many concepts around music that you learn. It's not just the music itself. You really get embedded with the concepts, with the ideas, with the ways to create. And so, what I think is new, unique about our family is really the way we do music, mm -hmm. not just the music that we create. There's a heart and a soul that goes into what we create that I think is connecting with people. 100%. 100%. I totally agree with you. So now, I just want to know, did you apply any self-help towards your success? Because I know in most cases, when somebody is successful, it's either attributed to their well-being or their family or maybe they got support. But in most cases, like now, most people are finding success through self-development or self-help or just doing something by themselves or discovering something on their own. So did you perhaps have something like that within your journey? Um, a lot of it for me is like, and you know what, I know that's a broad term. I want to be like, define it, but I kind of don't want you to define it, right? It's kind of cool to, to keep it open-ended in some way. Um, I think I just, all along the, the, the road, there's going to be this, you're going to get something from your parents and your community, but at the end of the day, something's going to have to come from within. Mm -hmm. Something is going to have to come from within. You're going to have to apply those concepts. They're real simple. They're like hard work, dedication, believing in yourself. Because the truth is, the world mm -hmm. is not always going to send you a message that 
is encouraging. That's just not the real world, right? Yeah. There are so many times where I wanted to give up or didn't think something was going to happen. Um, to be honest with you, when I finally got my first big break, um, it was based on me doing the being faithful to the tools that my parents gave me, mm. right? And being faithful to helping others, right? I was at a studio. I was on a trip. Um, I, I lived in Seattle at the time I was on a trip to LA and I went to a studio session and someone asked me to write a song for someone else, right? My God sister says, can you write this song for this guy? No big deal. I write the song. I give him the song and I write exactly what he wanted, right? He wanted it to sound like an East Coast rapper. No problem. I write his song, give it to him. I didn't charge him. I didn't ask for anything. I just did it in love and kept moving. I had no idea who this guy was, mm. right? Lo and behold, some time later, he calls me up and he's like, are you still writing? I'm like, absolutely. He asked me to write another song. So anyways, I end up doing that. And when I look up, this is the guy who opens the door for me to do everything that I'm doing. Wow. There, there is no 200 placements in Hollywood. I didn't even know what he did. And he calls me one day and he opens the door and he gives me the world, wow. right? But it happens because I was faithful to the ideals and the concepts that I believe, which is you got you to give to be able to receive. It's yes. easier. Your, your reception is going to be tied to your giving, mm. right? And so mm. believing in that universal principle, knowing that it's more important than to give, and then you're... Your ideals of giving is you have to give just to give, not to receive. So the motive can't be to receive, but you have to understand the principle that what I reap, I'm going to sow. If I put it out there, it's going to come back. Even if I don't understand, it may not come back one for one, right? You don't just give a song, get a song. No, man, you, you give an assortment of love and you receive that back. It might come back through family or through your children or through anything, right? But that was kind of my my commitment to that and how I feel like it came back into my life. Wow, that is so deep and so powerful. And I want to dig deeper also, especially on that element of love and and just basing it with passion because you really, really loved what you were doing in order to do something like that for that person and not expect anything in return. So what can be the lesson for us or maybe for some of the listeners now that are listening when it comes to just doing everything, what you do, you have to put in the love and the passion. Yeah, it's, um, you know, it's kind of like they always say, like hard work plus preparation will each equal. It's kind of this magical manifestation of what you want. Right. Um, but I think kind of to your words is it starts with love. Yes. If you if you can't, if you don't love something, you won't commit to it. Mm -hmm. Right. Even when I tell anyone to start a business, don't start a business doing something you don't love. Why? Because when the hard times come and they will come, you're not going to stick with it. Why? Because you don't love it. Right. Mm -hmm. But at least if you love something it's going to allow you to continue to stick with it and to and to move forward through the hard times. But for me, again, um, music didn't feel like work, right? Um, and 
it's kind of like a simple a simple concept like I, you're broke anyway and i'm not talking to every single person but to a lot of people in in dollars and cents if you don't have the money that you want in your hand anyway right mm-hmm. you've got five dollars and you need ten thousand well Clutching onto that five dollars is not going to get you to ten thousand. No, but sewing that five thousand dollars might give bring you. it back. Yes. Yeah. The point is, it's a trust, and that's the the biggest part of life. Mm-hmm. How many of us are actually not in the position because at the end of the day, we truly don't trust. Mm-hmm. We don't trust that if we love, we're going to receive it back, mm-hmm. right? Even when people go into relationships, boyfriend, girlfriend, girlfriend, whatever, romantic relationships trust right people go in impacted and hurt from their last relationship walking into this you try to build a relationship and it doesn't work because you're looking to see something before you give it you can't go into a relationship like that you got to be through and through solid that's what we say you need to be solid through and through and that means i'm going to come in i'm going to give love i'm going to give trust until that is broken and i'll deal with that but but to me, that's how you have to approach relationships. That's how you have to approach business. That's how you have to approach pretty much everything that you life. Everything that you that you want to do. Either that, if you don't, you'll more than likely end up becoming something you don't want to become in the end. Mm-hmm. Right? So people people start business and they say, I'm doing this so that I can get money and do good for other people. And then what happens is they slowly start to change in the process. And by the time they become millionaires or rich, they're no longer the potion they started as. They Mm -hmm. become everything that they hate. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to become faithful to where you started to some degree, yeah, it starts with love and a commitment to that. I just have to clap to that because that even impacted my life as well because I just look at how things turn out sometimes and I ask myself, why does this keep happening? Then I realize as much as I love genuinely and then I give genuinely, there's just that bit of an element of trust. Like, I just feel like I trusted this person and then they did this to me. Now it's going to be a challenge to keep on trusting again. How do I go about that? You know, so. Well, you know what? And that's the that's the truth. You can't say you're committed to trust until your trust is broken. Mm. So the truth is you actually need to get your trust broken. To see, are you committed to trust, right? Because the only way is you have to keep getting out there, right? Your trust gets broken. We don't really know if you're committed to trust until it gets broken and you have to do it again, Mm -hmm. right? And then it gets broken and you got to do it again. And then it gets broken and you got to do it again. That's who we find out who you are, right? Yes, 100%. Makes so much sense. All right, cool. So on top of this all, right, um, you have made it. You are a role model for like a lot of people. However, you've also faced challenges, right? So would you like to share just a bit on that? Like what were some of the toughest challenges that you had to deal with and you still overcame them? Um, toughest challenges I've ever had to deal with, man. It's been a lot. (laughs) You know what I mean? Life has been challenging. Um, I would say probably the toughest challenge was that I can think of directly tied to, um, to, to music. I'll say that like if I'm directly tying it, um, really it, 
people would think, oh, you're an overnight success, and it's really not like that. When I moved to L.A., I really didn't have anything, right? I didn't have money. I didn't have anything. And L.A. is a tough town. It's not what people think. Um, most people come to L.A. and leave within two years, right? So there's like this two-year point that we say in Los Angeles. If you can make it through that, you'll probably make it. It's extremely expensive, Um it's a cutthroat town. Getting into the industry is really challenging. You're like here, but you're not in it until you find a way to get in it. And so that entire time of my life was really tough. I have a daughter. I have a wife. Um, staring at them and knowing that you moved your family away from home to someplace mm -hmm. where you have no friends when you first get here. And you're just trying to figure it out. Yeah, that was... That was incredibly challenging for me. You wow. know what I mean? Um, but we had to push and fight and endure. And it really took about two years for, you know what I mean, for doors to open up. So. Yeah. Awesome. All right, cool. And what are some of the motivational quotes or motivational words that you would use to keep yourself going? Um, wow. <laughs> My motivational quotes. Um... You know, a lot of it is just around, I think I've kind of said it to you, around trust and keep pushing. And yeah. uh, if you keep grinding in time, it's going to happen. You know what I mean? Like you're you're almost pushing in the dark and there just has to believe. There has to be a belief yeah. that I'm going to break through this and there's going to be a light. Like there's light at the end of the tunnel mm. and things are coming. You know what I mean? Um, but you just have to keep, you just have to keep going. 100%. No matter what, how hard it may get, you just have to have that solid belief that my dreams are valid. And no matter how challenging it can get, I am going to get there. And you will get there for sure. I think you also have to know who you are. Mm. So I think in all of that, I think there's a layer of everything we're saying. But it's not, I don't believe that just working hard is going to give you everything you want. Who are you? Mm. Right. Who are you? Um, there are people who are in the wrong field. There are people who have a gift for this to cook. But for whatever reason, they find themselves wanting to clean. Mm. Right. And you need to get yourself out of cleaning and get into cooking. Right. You need to. I do believe there's a reason you're not six five or there's a reason you're not seven foot. You have a height. You have a weight. You have a look. You have. A, you were born in a certain country and not another country. All of that speaks to your purpose and why you're here, right? And as you begin to kind of line up with everything you see around you, then things will make sense. Sometimes things don't happen because you're simply in the wrong lane. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. We all get in the wrong lane. We all are tempted to. Um, sometimes in your life, you're going to find yourself in the wrong lane. And the reason is it's supposed to mirror and speak to you about where you're supposed to be. Right. So I remember I was a teacher. So this is, um, I was a teacher and, uh, so I, I can teach almost anything. Right. Mm -hmm. So my family, Maraire, right. Yes. The many who come to teach, that's really the meaning of our family. And every, I've got teachers all in my family. Grandparents are teachers. And my father was a teacher at the University of Washington. He also taught at the University of Zim. And 
So I got a job in Seattle teaching kids in school. And I thought to myself, I could do this. Why? Because I love to teach. I got in that class and it didn't take four months before I was miserable. Right? I love to teach. Yeah. Right? But I was miserable. But I needed to go get that job because I needed that job to teach me that this isn't where you're supposed to be. Mm. Because you love to teach doesn't mean you need to be a teacher. Maybe you're just going to teach people along the way. Maybe it's just a random guy at the grocery store or some friends in your life, right? Every single gift is not going to be your your job or your career path, Mm. right? You have Many of us have 30 gifts. There's no way you're going to tell me, Gina, that you have one gift. So you've got 10 gifts. Well, they all aren't going to be your career path. Some of them are major and some of them are minor. Some of them are primary. Some of them are secondary. And so um, to me, it's also about who you are, what you're gifting, and what your calling is and where you're supposed to be. Yeah, and it has to take some time of just having that self-awareness within you to discover yourself and understand yourself very well being in touch with your emotions knowing this makes me feel good that doesn't make me feel good how do i need to walk do i need to move like this do i need to take a pause do i need to breathe it takes that level of self-awareness you agree right absolutely i mean if you it's going to take it's going to, you got to look at other and then you have to reflect on about self, right? Then, because if you, if there's a, there's a level of that comparison that has to exist because it's in that, that you start to see who the individual is. That's who, that's how I wouldn't know that I was different than you, Gina, if I can't look at you and then look at myself and see the comparison that, Oh, we're not the same. And this is who I am. And now how, what can I do for me? And how do I, how do I create space for myself? Um, what does that look like? You know, hundred percent. Awesome! This is such an amazing like discussion. I'm really also personally learning a lot from what you're sharing. So now I want to know, um, like, based on your upbringing, right? What would you tell a 15 year old do me? Because I mean, you're all here now. You've achieved your level of success. How would you discuss and tell a 15-year-old Dumi about this great future? <laughs> uh, 15-year-old Dumi, he probably wouldn't listen to much I had to say. <laughs> um, no, honestly, a lot of my things would be more about I wouldn't do much. I would tell him to just keep going, right? Which I already know he would. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like you're trying to figure out what can I say to you that you don't know. For me, it would be more around the mistakes, right? Mm -hmm. I made a lot of mistakes around women, right? Um, Yeah, not being who I feel like I'm supposed to be, not being authentic, not really. I didn't grow up believing in the concepts of, you know, empathy and, you know, you treat someone well, they're going to treat you well. No, no, mm. I was not a good guy, right? So yeah. I played a lot with women, which caused a lot of hurt, caused a lot of hurt back to myself mm. because what I gave out, I eventually got back. Got back. Ooh, um, yeah. 
yeah, really, really. Like I'll, 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 I'll be having stories, but I'll tell you one. I remember when I was younger, I was in high school. I was with a woman and we were together for about two years, I want to say. So this was like my high school sweetheart. I guess that's what they'll call it. Yeah. And uh, in the end, um, I cheated on her the whole relationship, right? Like there was not a faithful bone in my body, but <laughs> it is what it is, right? That's how I was raised, right? So you got to remember, I got older brothers. Yeah. I learned from them. Everybody in the hood did it. This is what it was. Yeah. And then um, I remember, I'll, I'll make a long story short, but by the time I was in, by my junior year, I remember she got pregnant. Okay. And uh, so we had a child and we had a son. And then, like, a year later, long story short, I find out that the boy wasn't mine, right? Ooh. And, yeah, so I raised him until he was one years old. Yeah. And it was actually a week before his birthday when I found out he wasn't mine. And not only was he not mine, he was a friend of mine's who was living with me at the time, right? So, the, the, I mean, the soap opera just, it got deeper and deeper and deeper, right? Um. And it was, it was, I mean, you know, I, mm. I ended up with a bunch, went to juvenile, just a bunch of, yeah. you know, stuff we don't need to get into. But more importantly, I think from that, it was one of my big homies, we call him the ghetto president. Um, and I remember him sitting down with me after I was starting my process of trying to heal through that. Because I was really broken, yeah. right? Yeah. To someone else, they might look and go, what does it matter? Like you was cheating too. And it's like, yeah, but, but no, it this, was painful. It, it was really, yeah. 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 And I remember he told me he was the first person, the only person at that time to really sit down and be like, all right, bro, you got to be honest with yourself. You wasn't living right. Right. Mm -hmm. Like you was doing, what have you been doing? You've been broken. That, you broke that girl's heart for two years. Mm -hmm. And, she cheated once or twice and it and it bit you, right? And when it bit you, it felt like the mass of my two years of cheating came back to me in one, one time. Day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so um there was a part because I was mm. solid from everything. I was a real person. My parents raised me real that I was able to be like, Yeah, that's real. I deserved that in some way. And I just, I ate that, right? I just kind of, it took a long time to heal. But the point is, I started learning that what I, once again, what I was giving out, I was going to get back. So if I could go back to myself, I would basically tell myself, yo, Dre's, you got to stop that. Like, you just have to lock in, let your goal be focused on. I remember hearing a man who said, you know, a boy will see his own child and won't raise him. A man will raise his child and somebody else's, right? And then my goals shifted over time mm -hmm. from how many women could I have, which was legit a goal and a lifestyle, and it transitioned to, man, can I lock in with one woman? You know what I mean? How do I figure out how to get my mind, my body, my emotions, my everything to lock in with one woman? And I just think that one area of women caused me so much heartache mm. and so many other people heartache that if I could fix that, oh, 
honestly, if I could fix that, I'd have made it sooner. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you had your fair share of lessons with that, yeah? Yeah. 100%. Okay, great. So now, I just want to know, like, your daily routines, perhaps, in your day, how does it work? Do you work out? Do you train? Do you run? Do you do some journaling? How does it work? What do I do? I get up in the morning. I do, um, I tr- so I get up every day, yeah. and typically, I make a smoothie. So, Ooh, okay. Um, Monday nice. Yeah, Monday through Friday, all organic smoothie. Uh-huh. Um, I have that in the morning. And then I I usually get started moving around and get to work. Yeah. Um, then I work out. Um, and then after I work out, I have coffee. Because okay. <laughs> I love coffee. <laughs> so coffee right about 11 o'clock noon, uh-huh. and then the rest of it I get busy. I do pray. I get up in the morning, say a prayer. Yeah. Um, and then I grind, man. I just mm-hmm. start, you know, I get after. There's so many different things. that Music is multifaceted. So yeah. maybe I'm writing a song for a television show. Um, I just wrote like 15 songs for television shows, right? Nice. So I might write that or I work on, I'm working on a new album for myself now that I'm like, okay, I've been making all this music for television. Now I need to create something that I love, right? Yay, for you. I really so I'm I'm in the process of creating that music right now, um, something really beautiful and authentic. And then, um, uh, what do I do the rest of the day? I mean, that's kind of that's kind of my day. I think those are the consistent themes that you'll get in my day mm-hmm. during the week. Awesome, that's fantastic. You will not believe thirty minutes just flew by like. Psh- it's it's, oh god so i just want to give you just one minute for like a self plug-in moment where you share with us like what what you want people to anticipate where can they find you you know you already mentioned you're working on your on your album uh but yeah just go ahead i got a new album coming out titled african-american i'm excited because this project blends traditional Zimbabwean music with hip-hop to create a new sound that I call ancestral art. I am so excited to unveil something with marimbas and mbitas and hip-hop and 808 drums um, Mm. into hip-hop. There's nothing like it. And I got a bunch of artists from Africa all over the map. I can't say who's on the album, but that's coming out really, really soon. So I'm excited to release that. Awesome. All right. Perfect. And your Instagram handles, social media. Yes. Please follow me um, at the Dre's experience, the D-R-A-Z-E experience. And that's everywhere. So actually on Instagram, it is the Dre's experience on Twitter. It's just Dre's experience. And then if you go to Facebook, just look up Dre's D-R-A-Z-E and I'm there. Okay. Awesome. Thank you so much. So guys, here you've had it. We had such an amazing discussion with Grace Dumi Maraire. Um, yeah, thank you so much for coming through to the show. This was amazing. This was dope. I love it. Um, <laughs> man, I love to come back whenever and however. So Yay. thanks for having me. All right, awesome. And cheers. <laughs>